0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Apron Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So this is Rabbi Yosheb and the Parsha. Um, the Jewish people, uh, the Bnei Yisrael, I should say, speak to Moshe Rabbeinu, and right after the Sarasad Dibros, and they say, Daber atah imanu Penamut, And that, as we know from the Midrash, was something that was really occurring. Those every debra that came out from the Ramonashalam towards Yisrael, they felt their nishamot leave their body, and it was only through, as the Gemara says, Yisrael. Mm-hmm. And the Gemara asks, so if their soul left their body when God's words came and they, bound, they became bound with God and their bodies sort of were, were, were empty from their souls, so how did they live? So, Chazal In a way, we died out of such closeness to God. So Venerable Yoshev spoke about this concept of what occurred at the moment of Matan Torah that's described according to Chazal based on the Psukim in this week's Parsha. Venerable Yoshev felt that it was <laughs> interesting to note the famous Safek of the great Chida. What about someone who died and was brought back to life? We saw in the Gemara not so long ago in Dafyomi that in the future, the tzaddikim of the yemota HaMashiach will all be invested with that ability to bring people back to life. Now they're back. Let's say they were married and then died and then were brought back to life. You could say the minute the death occurs, Paku <laughs> And now that this woman is here, you need to do kedushin again, or maybe since you know you were brought back, you don't need to do kedushin. So, Rabbi Yosheb says, "Look at the Gemara. The Gemara says that their neshamahs left their bodies. God sprinkled upon them the dew of tchias Okay. And then what did God say? Shavu lachem Go back to your wives. Which means that they're still their wives. So from here, you could see a, a way to, to be poshate, the suffix of the chido. So does that mean a,
1: a woman will have two husbands in theory?
0: Rebel Yasha feels that that even though technically, like let's say (laughs) okay, I know what you're saying, Sheila. Let's say what Rebel Yasha says. Rebel Yashav says a person who died and was brought back to life is still married to the woman that he was married to. Despite the fact that if he's not brought back to life, the woman can remarry. Now let's say she does get remarried, and then the guy comes back to life. So do you have a problem now that she's not really a, 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 an almona then, right? That's what could be the 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 one of Rebel Yoshiv's svar and Yoshiv loved a lot was the sefer Dvar Avram from the from Rav Dov Dov Kahana Shapira, and the Dvar Avram says that if a person dies, and even though he's brought back to life, whatever Kedushin was there is gone. Now, you're, Sheila, talking about something else, and I know what you're talking about. You're talking about a person who comes back in a Gilgal and has a number of different lives. Is that what you're talking about?
1: Well, actually, I was talking about um, in, in Trace Amazing, if a woman had more than one husband, who she oh. married.
0: Okay, so... Or I guess you could also have a situation where, with Gilgal, right? Where a person.
1: Gilgal, you go right by the body, right? This body was in this Gilgal, so that's a separate life than this Gilgal, right? So you have different Gilgal. You can, I think it was the the brother Rebbe said that um, that when you you have a separate, you know, when you, at Trésa we'll come back in multiple people if we, for all our Gilgal. Wow.
0: So, so, and, and how many Neshama were there? Don't we say it's well,
1: the same? It's, it could be one Neshama in 600,000, you know.
0: <laughs> that, is science. that is weird. Yes, yeah, so well, there
1: will be multiple people, you know, it's kind of like the Borg, one of seven of <laughs> but, but at the same time, what I'm thinking in terms of, if that particular Okay, body so that doesn't, that doesn't is
0: bother you. That, that doesn't bother the, the fact The fact that you exist in, as eight different people and with right. eight different wives, that doesn't bother okay. you
1: you know well i you know let's we'll worry about it then but at this point i'm just thinking like but you're okay, you're, talking about a,
0: uh, you're talking about a person same, life, two same person so we we actually talked about that with a sock from um
1: is it the
0: last one or? With Alevi. remember we talked about a person who was married um right. uh, and then um You know, the wife wants to go visit the grave of the first husband, and there was a question whether that would be the right thing to do, um, to show love for the second husband, to the first husband, when the first, second husband has died. And Chaim David Alevi told us how important it was for Sholem Bayes, that for the wife to to understand that this is, right? Um, True,
1: true. But the question is, I mean, there are people who, in their second marriages, have agreed to be mar- buried after 120 years by their first spouse.
0: That's right. We talked about that as well. We saw some chuvas uh, as far as that goes, and whether the second husband has a right to uh, to cancel the wife's demands. And it's I think it, it's up. It's we uploaded it to the podcast uh, platform. That whole Shiloh, when that occurs, uh, which wife uh, can can the can the husband uh, stop is what uh, stop that from happening. So what I would say is like this: during their lifetime, clearly the Shulam Bayis, the second marriage, is important. You're asking that in Tchias mesim you're reunited with your husband. Now you're assuming that's true because you're like you one
1: on to a third i mean like seriously i'm like at what point does do we say well, you know okay what but, but i'm good saying, good. Where,
0: where, sheila where are you assuming that chiasa mason isn't just your soul coming back into your body but also being together with the wife that you had why do you think that that should go together because it's such a crucial relationship well I mean, yeah
1: i mean you didn't divorce you you know it was an onus. You didn't. You would still be married, and if you didn't die, you know. So uh, the question is uh, like, why then does it just end at that point? And if it okay. ends, uh, then all right.
0: So so hang on, hang on a second. You're you're jumping again, which is good jump. You're assuming that if the husband and wife are both dead, and they come back to life, they come back as a married couple. You're saying if Yeah, that,
1: that's if, what the. We're learning with the mentorship.
0: You're saying that if Rebel Yoshev is right, that if a husband who died comes back to life, he's married to his wife. So if they're both dead and both come back to life in Trios HaMesim, then they're still married. That's your art. Now I get
1: it. The assumption. The assumption.
0: That, 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 that's what I get. It is quite possible that Rebel Yoshev's point, though. Is Now, you could say they both died, like the wife was also hearing that Sarah said, bros," So she was dying, and the husband was dying. And then they both got back into their bodies. Good point. Good point. That's a very good point. Sounds like that they are connected. What I would say is you probably go with the last marriage. That's what I would say. That if you had a couple, that right? Sheila, you had a couple. A man and a woman were married. The man, let's say Rabbi Tursky is This is going to be a tough thing to say, but we know that you know his first wife died in 1995, and he got remarried. He was um, 65 years old, and he had Baruch Hashem. 25 years with his second wife, who's his almona, uh, living in Yerushalayim now. Achar mei for her, and by t'chir Mason that we know that tzaddik is going to have. My feeling is, is that if, if this psaac is correct, the marriage would be with the second wife.
1: Because because, having more than one wife from a D-Risa, it's not a problem. I'm talking from a D-Risa level for a woman.
0: Right. So in other words, the first Rebbitz and Tversky, she isn't married to him anymore because he did a new act of kiddushin to the second wife. Mm -hmm. Right. And he
1: could could theoretically still be married because. Oh, you want to say
0: you want to say he's married to both of them.
1: Yeah, but but if it was a woman who had two, like, then what?
0: In other words, he could be married to both, it, but with a, no
1: problem from a whole, from a virisa point of
0: view. But a, but a, but a husband, um, um, can't be married. Um, but a wife can be married to two to two Simultaneous.
1: men simultaneously. Simultaneously,
0: anyway. Right to two men, so that would be a problem if Petrías hamesim. She had been married to one, and then they now they both came back. Unless uh, we're saying the
1: Bria will change, and that won't be a problem either. You know, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you got me. You got me. I'm happy you're here, but you got me on this one. <laughs> I, I figured it out finally what you meant. <laughs> okay, I'll quote him. That was Rebel Yoshef's kiddush based on this. Um, again, if the Dvar Avram is right then none of this is is relevant if the Dvar, if, if the devar of rum is right, then a person who has um, a person who has come back is not really married to uh, to anybody and in other words, you come back with the that marriage is over you 're no longer married um, what about they ask trouble yoship if you 're right. What about the fact that they still needed to remarry because now they're Jews? Before Matan Torah, they weren't Jews. Um, So Rebel Yoshev said that the Torah said, this is your wife. The Torah said, you should be pirish from your wife. And that was before the Torah was given. So we see that the, 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 the perspective of Moshe and the Rabboni Shalom and the world was that even though the Torah is not here yet, and technically it could be that you're not 100% Klal Yisrael yet because the Torah hasn't been given, but this is called a, a, a marriage, the Torah sanctions. Now now, the, now they got the Torah. So she remains the same ashes ish the Torah said she was. This is not like a ger. It's not ger The Torah called this woman your wife. So even though you're not technically the same Jew you're going to be afterwards, but still, the Torah called us your wives. So, therefore, that doesn't change once the Torah was given. So, even though they had Asar Sadibros, and now they finally heard the words of God, but the Torah didn't cancel the marriages. And therefore, she's still the Ashish that she was. That's Revel Yoshev's answer. Uh, the Maral, you might remember, we spoke it out. In our shir last week, in our Ramban uh, shir, I mentioned the Maral. The Maral says that the idea that you become a ger, you become a new person, is only if you accept it willingly. But since they were forced to take the Torah, they didn't become that level of ger gair And that's, according to the Maral, why they wouldn't have to do kedushin again, and why they were still married. But I like the way Rebel Yoshev looks at it. Rebbe Yoshev says, look, you know, <laughs> clearly God sanctioned these people as being married. And therefore, even though now they have to live according to the Torah, they, they go into the Torah as married people. Um, What about, they asked Rebel Yoshev, again, this is a, a sort of, it's not as good as your question, Sheila, but it's an interesting one. Let's say the, it's a coin goddo who dies, and now he comes back. So, now, um, so
1: does he come back as a coin goddle or just a coin head Now,
0: uh, you, you, that's going to be his answer. Let's say he's the coin goddle that dies, and now they the Elisha Hanovi was there, he brought him back to life. So, Lahora. If you're right, Treble Yoshev, you know, she wasn't ever an almana. Or was she? <laughs> right? You know, you're married to her, but she's not an almana, is she? Because now that you're, the, the ishess is still there. So if the ishess is still there, she's not really an almana, although for there was a while then you were dead. So, But
1: if he was dead, then he's no longer the Gadol, because the Gadol goes until death. So there's no Shaila either way.
0: So that's what Rebel Yoshev answered. Sheila, you could have been Rebel Yoshiv tonight. <laughs> <laughs> right. Again, let's say you say, like, like the Dvar Avram, that if a person comes back to life, it's a brand new life. So if that's the case, he would be also to live with his wife, according to the Dvar Avram, because she's an almana from him. She's his almana, but he's not. This his ishus is gone, and marrying her, even though he knows her very well, this would be like marrying an almana, which is it's pretty cool you gotta admit it's a pretty cool uh thought, and we should be zocha i mean we you know we are talking about nebuch three great gedolim who died this week, so it's good to be talking about Tri Um let's say. Uh, we could probably give many shiurim on, on one of the Aseris HaDibros that's mentioned uh, one of the, Aseris, the fifth of the Debra, which is Kabedah Savicha. Rebel Yosha was asked the following question. Um, you have a father who's, who's very makbed that he makes sure to get the Mogan Avram's sheet of Kriyachma. Now there's a big makhlokas the Mogan Avram in the Vilnagon how you figure out the hours of the day. Does it go from sunrise to sunset? Or does it go from Zricha? I'm sorry, from Neitzachama? No. Does it go from Alosa Shachar to So uh, if that's your amount of time, so you're actually going to have a shorter amount of time to say, do um, Kriyat Shema I believe so according to the Mogan Avram your time is going to be shorter the reason is is because the day begins at, 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 at uh, Olot HaShachar so therefore that's when your first hour starts and you have to finish Kriyat Shema by the third hour so that amount of time usually ends up earlier by about 25-30 you know, minutes sometimes or more of the sheet of the Vilna So let's say you know that's your father's minute. And the son sees that the father is sleeping. And he's not going to make his man. Um... What should you do? Should you wake him up? Revel Yoshev said, yes. That's not a lack of Kiberav. He's asleep, but you know that he wants to make Kriyashma. You need to know your father. If your father is the type of person who sometimes he uses the sheet of the Vilna Gon, then don't wake him up. Wake him up a little bit later. Let's say, Rebbe Yoshev said, you're at your house and the phone rings. And the person on the other line says, is your father home? And they're sleeping. Or can I speak to your, your father? Don't wake them up. You need to know who the person who's calling is. And if you know your father would want to speak to that person, Then go ahead and wake them up. Now, how about if you're not sure? So the son should say, what are you calling about? What is this about? And maybe the son should ask the person on the telephone, Rebel Yoshev said, what the issue is. Do you think my father really wants to get this call? And it can't be done later. And he's going to be upset that he wasn't able to talk. It's the stockbroker, whatever it is. You got to make the deal right now. You can rely on the person who's making the call. And if the person who's making the call says, I know, I know your father would want me to wake him up. You don't have to think that he's lying. And you can go and wake your father up. But Rabbi Yoshev said, since he's not 100% sure, it's better if you get someone else to do the waking up. It shouldn't be you. So I'm not sure Rabbi Yoshev said that exactly, but I guess because it could be, you don't know. Your father didn't tell you, wake me up, if if Pliny calls. Pliny's telling you, he says, I know our relationship is that your father would want to be woken up. So Rabbi Yoshev feels if you get someone else to do it, you're probably in better shape. We know Rebel Yoshev quoted the famous the Gemara that says that a father who is meichel on his covered it's called nimchao. Rabbi Yoshev quoted, however, the Radvaz that says, even if your father says, eh, treat me like one of the boys, treat me like your friend, but you, or in this situation, but you decide to still speak to him as sir, you still decide to stand up, you still decide that you're helping him. So even though he says, I'm Michael on the covenant, I'm Michael, and you do it anyway, you fulfill a mitzvah. So even though he's meichel, it's still a kiyama mitzvah. You're not mechuyiv to do it, but you're Makayama a mitzvah by doing it anyway. So even if the father says, ah, I don't want you to help. No, 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 I'm one of the boys here. I want to play with you. But by helping him and, and taking him, you're still mekayim a mitzvah. It doesn't, it's not a non-mitzvah. In Shulchanor, Chachayim, Rabbi Yoshiv mentions that it says that um, you're not supposed to take your tefillin off in front of your Rebbe. Mr. Burris says the reason is that it's like a zilzil. It's like, you know, this is like a private thing. You're taking tefillin off, you're getting undressed. Sort of like a weird thing. So don't do that. So, you're Yosha... assuming
1: that tefillin staying on all day there,
0: right? Because... Okay. Right. Yeah, but it, but 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 it's still brought in the Mishnah B'rura, even though most people reading that Mishnah Bura at the time weren't wearing tefillin all day. So, why is it considered um, uh, sir Because it's it's a zilzul. It's a zilzul that, like, come on, what is this? Your your buddy in the locker room, right? Taking off tefillin right in front of him? You should go, right? right? Um, you know, it's sort of like you're supposed to be standing at respect. And here you are like, taking your tefillin off. So says, even though it's not brought down in Shulchan Aruch, in front of your father, you shouldn't do that either. One of the big issues that comes up all the time in Kibbadov is which yeshiva you should go to. Should you go to yeshiva? Should you go to college? Yeshiva that has college? It's another question. Should you change? You and your father are arguing about or disagreeing which yeshiva it should be. Revel Moish- uh, Yoshev says that if, let's say, for example, the high school you were going to, and the question is to go from high school to Yeshiva Godola, and let's say to Panovich or one of the great Yeshivas. So before, it's not you, Rabbi Yoshev says. It's not just your desire you also need to speak to your Rabbeim. If the Rabbeim who are analysts about who can learn well and who has a chance to really grow and succeed and be great in learning, and they're telling you that, so if that's the case, Rabbi Yoshev says, you don't have to listen to your father. now, Rabbi Yoshev then said that even though that's going to cause a rift between you and your father because you didn't listen to him, but if you are truly Lashem Shamayim, and we'll read Rabbi Yoshev's words inside. Rebel Yoshev says, so People will see you as an important person. They'll, they'll ask you the shyless. You're going to be one of the best people in yeshiva. You're going to get the kavod that the tzibur gives, the true talmid Chachamim. And then your father will see so much nachas from you because he's going to see the kavod people give you. He's going to see how happy you are. So Rebel Yoshev says, despite the fact that right now he doesn't want you to continue, when he sees what will occur and how you will grow and and, and what sort of respect you get, Rebel Yoshev says that will eliminate this hurt and bring you back together. Now, that's a, a, a very hopeful way to look at things. Because we know many families, unfortunately, this this machloka starts. I think the main thing you need to understand, according to Rabbi Yoshev, is that the people who are telling you this aren't just trying to make you feel good. The the rabbeim that you get the report from are honest with you. What should you be? Where are you holding? Many people have um, an exaggerated idea of what they're able to do. And Rabbi Yoshev is right that you can't just decide on your own. Your father loves you and understands you as well. But if you're a Rebbeim who you're close to and who know you, tell you, so then you have the right, Rabbi Yoshev says, to disregard. Um, So in the beginning of the parasha, it says that Yisro had heard all about Kriyas Yamsuf and Mohammed Samolech. But then Yisro comes to the Bnei Yisro and he speaks to his son in law, Moshe Rabbeinu. And Moshe tells him, Ko asher os and everything that happened. Yisro had heard the reports. Rashi says about Amalek. You heard about Molek already. The same Rashi. So what was it that was so different? Zerub so Yoshev says there's a difference between hearing it from um, an unimportant personage or from someone who was not only there but someone who understood every aspect of what the Muhammad of Amalek was. And Rabbi Yachov says, you see, that hearing the same information sometimes from a perspective of somebody who was very close is like hearing a total different story. And that's why Yisra was so uh, excited because he heard it from Moshe Rabbeinu himself. The Torah writes that... um, The Bnei Yistro all came to that spot at Harsinai. They all came together. Chazal say, and this is one of the reasons, I'm sure many of you, I've mentioned this before, why they call the hospitals uh, Mount Sinai. is because Chazal say that everybody who came to Mount Sinai was cured. Because when they left Mitzrayim, they might have been blind, they might have been lame. But God said, "I'm about to give the Torah, which is Torah sashem Tamima. I can't give it to people who are lame and have uh, problems with their bodies. Torah. <laughs> And that's, by the way, the reason why so many hospitals are called Mount Sinai. <laughs> why don't they call it Jerusalem? Why do they call it Mount Sinai? I heard this from my Rebbe, Rabbi Yochanan Zweig, um, forty-five years ago. So, but it, it's a, such a it's such a nice idea. <laughs> yeah, of course, Sinai, Mount Sinai. Yeah. Now, the 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 medrash goes on. How do we know that if somebody was blind, he could see at Harsinai? Because it says, roim, everybody could see. How do you know that everybody could hear? Because it said, Nase which means they all had the capacity to hear, even though, obviously, from the three million people, some people were blind. And how do you know there were people that were able to stand up? Because it says, so everybody was able to stand. So you see that the moment of Arseni cured all those illnesses and all those physical conditions. Rebel Yoshev asked the following question: Yeah, I know it says Teirus Hashem Tamima. It does say that, but look at the lashon of the of the Medrash. The Medrash says, God says the Torah I'm giving them is Tamim. Sh- is it possible I would give the Torah? to people who had physical uh, mumin who can't walk or see or stand Rebel Yosha felt that that is, is is sort of like very cruel isn't it I mean it's not that person's fault that he has this wound or that he's not able to walk or that he can't see his soul is definitely a great soul no matter what and we know that it says, Hashem Tamima. Fine. It also says the word Tamim, Revel Yoshef pointed out, in the Pasik, What does that mean? Tamim means in your Neshama, not your body. Revel Yashav's also pointed out in the Medrash that if you look at it, before he cures everyone, God had another Eitzah. Let's take a look at the Lushan of the Medrashan side again. It says, hmm, I can't give it to this generation, to these millions, because there's so many blind and lame people. Amtin ad Maybe I should wait till they have children, and I'll give it to them. But then God speaks to himself and says, no, that means the Torah ends up waiting till the new generation arises. That can't be either. You know what I got to do? I got to do the magic of curing them. Rabbi Yasha felt, what did the medrash mean that God was actually going to wait till um, the next generation would rise up? How do they know that the next generation, that everybody born, would be a perfect a Stepford Wife type of child, or like a perfect uh, child? There's going to be more Baalimum in the next generation. So, what is what's what, what's God's Havamina? So, Rebel Yoshev says, what does this mean when we talk about a baal there were two types of Bali Mum One of them was mumayaguf. They really, you could see there was something wrong. They were amputees in a way. What did that happen? Because what happened was, Rebel Yosef quotes the Tan Huma, you had people who'd be working in the hard brick and mortar, and a brick would fall and break the person's leg. And they have to amputate his foot. But there's another type of mum. The ones that the Navi in Yeshayo says, what are they? They have eyes. But they still are called Ivarim. They have ears that seem to be functioning. But they're still Harashim. And they're people that were chigarim, chag, chigarim, people who were lame, that they were like hopping, they weren't able to walk straight. Rabbi Ashu says again, that's not literal. Those are people who who seem to be hopping in two different ways. They don't seem to have a firm direction. They're the ones that say, like we saw by Yelo hmm. We'll see who wins. Eliyahu or the Nevi'eh abal. That's the mumim that the Medrash is talking about. That's what Hashem meant when he said, the Torah is tamim. How can I give it to bale mumim? Bale mumim meant people who refused to see, people who didn't want to believe. People who didn't want to be convinced because of their gaiva or other reasons. People who couldn't walk straight because they were just waiting to to go with whoever the winner is. Those are the mumim that Hashem was worried, maybe I can't give the Torah to them. People like that who, even when the truth is in front of them, they refuse to accept it. People who you can talk to all day, but they aren't really listening because they just want to emphasize their point of view. Those are the people that God says, I don't think I can give them Torah. That's what it meant. Maybe the next generation will be different. Because One of the reasons they became this way was because they were in Mitzrayim. They didn't have proper direction. They had a lot of doubts. They had a lot of pain. They had a lot of influences from the people who didn't leave Mitzrayim, who were part of the Jewish nation, but were doubters. And because of that, even the ones who left, there were still Mumim, there were still Harishin, and and Ivrim, and Chigrim. And maybe the new generation that's going to be a generation not raised in Mitzrayim. They're not going to have those doubts. They're all going to be a good generation. That's what Hashem says. I don't know if I can keep waiting. As Rebel Yoshev says, I'm hoping that this new generation will be raised without any doubts by the door. But that might not happen. So what does it mean? God heals them? What it means is not magic. What it means is is that the people that refused to really accept what was in front of them started to see the kolot. Something emotionally changed in them. The event of Matan Torah was so galvanizing to them that the ones who had been doubters, even through all the miracles and were still skeptics, started to see and what usually you couldn't see. That's what it says. Nasavanishma, meaning out of, out of fear and love and recognizing the greatness of God, that was eliminated from their system. And even the ones that had always been, well, you're right, you're right, I'm not sure. I'll go with the winner. When they came to Har Sinai, they saw that there was only, in a sense, they intellectually realized that they have to stop being in such a way. So that is Rav beautiful shot about um, where we talk about what these mumin were and Einachinami that. Is what the event of Matan was able to alter. It was able to remove those type of doubts, but <laughs> it takes away the the magical part about why you know we call the hospitals Mount Sinai. But I think Rebel Yoshev does his usual job. He, he zeroes in. Why is it only these three? Cheresh um, and and and. Um, why is it and and, and um, the person who was also um, Iver Rabbi Yashuv points out it doesn't mention a person who can't hear who can't speak it doesn't mention that so therefore those three are the ones that align very well with the type of attitudes that living in Mitzrayim could create and therefore you know, we don't have magic, but what we do have is the importance of what matan could do. And um, so HaKadosh Baruch sort of like raises the temperature and, and creates a situation of matan that he believes was even greater than Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim in terms of eliminating those type of doubts from the people.